0: Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your Master Certified Coach and Midlife Mentor. And once again, I'm so glad to be here with you for this week's episode, which is an interesting one. It's one I'm calling Seven Calming Life Hacks for Uncertain Midlife Times. Now, there is so much going on right now with COVID-19, the coronavirus, and everything that's related to it. So, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about what you could do to manage your emotions and stress a bit better than you might be doing. (laughs) Believe me, I know what's going on with you. You're probably getting sucked into watching and listening to an awful lot of the news, almost being addicted to it. You might even leave it on all day. I've caught myself doing that. And then talking about it to your most trusted friends and family in the circle. Now, when I say circle, I mean the ones you love. And the ones who love you no matter what. <laughs> no matter what thought loop or scary stuff is going on in your mind, pretty much on an unsupervised loop. I think you know what I mean. And what part of your thought spin do you just keep to yourself? What don't you share because you're afraid or afraid of judgment or even bad luck by simply articulating what's on your mind? Are you with me? I bet you're thinking things like this. Is it normal for my emotions to go from extreme fear to overwhelm to highly functioning and calm? How much should I really do in terms of continued preparation? What makes good sense and what is over the top and does it matter? What should I buy and what if I can't find it easily? What should I read and how much is too much? What should I listen to and trust? What sources are the most reliable? And if you have kids, what's the plan without school when you're already stressed and not that much time has even gone by yet? This question is still quite relevant with adult kids living at home. If you have older kids, how much should you say about insisting they do certain preventative health things? Do you want to resist telling them what you think that they should do because of potential expected annoyed reactions or not? (laughs) You know what I mean? If you have parents and other older adults in your life, how will you manage your time with them and keep them safe? Have you yelled at them on the phone to stay put? Have you done a drive-by to wave to them behind the windows? I saw something funny on Facebook the other day about how we've gone full circle on this topic. In the old days, they used to yell at us about going out. Now the tables have turned. Okay, my friend, here's the deal. It could just be that you're freaking yourself out. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing to be concerned about. Of course, there's something to be concerned about, but you have to really notice how you're feeling. The thing about your emotions is that you create these feelings with what you're thinking. So you think things and then you feel things. And this thinking feeling connection is really important to understand because as much as you might be nodding your head right now that you get it, it's harder than it looks to understand at a deep level. And the reason why is because it seems like what's happening is what's making you feel so nervous or worried. Now, this might seem like a subtle difference, but it has huge implications. So let's look at it again. The coronavirus is a fact. It's here. There are daily reports of testing and cases and We know about the spread. Even though there's a lot that we don't know about the virus, there's also a lot that we do know. Now, notice that I said that the virus was a fact. When something's a fact, it's black and white. It's something that we would all agree on. It's objective. And by its factual nature, it's also neutral until we interpret it with our brains. Now, I'm not saying you should feel neutral about the virus. Don't get me wrong. What I am saying is that until your brain interprets something neutral like the virus, you don't feel anything. For sure, even just with talking to some people in your community, I'm sure you've already seen that not everyone has the same opinion about what this virus means for them, or what working at home means for them, or even having to stay at home in general means to them. It's so crazy, right? That's because we have thoughts about neutral things in the world. These thoughts are what create your feelings, not the virus, not the public health announcements, not the cancellations. Even though it feels like it's the virus or the event that's causing all of the stress and fear, it's totally common to feel that these things are making you freak or feel overwhelmed or feel confused But that's not really what happens. Now, this is huge news. And I have to say it's kind of weird, but it's great news. And it's because our thoughts can produce other feelings too. And what I'm actually talking about is positive emotion. Now, this might seem like you haven't felt a ton of positive emotion in a couple of weeks now. (laughs) But what I'm talking about is this. Feelings like calm or peace, confidence, capable, these types of feelings. Now, I've been doing extra Facebook Lives and coaching calls in my groups, and for sure, we need to talk about what's going on. There is a ton of fear. So if you're not in my free group, the Women in the Middle Community, you can find it at www.facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Women in the Middle Community. For sure. We need to talk about what's going on. Like I said, there's a ton of fear. The anxiety, the unknown, the regular thought spins, all of it. We're consumed with it. I myself have had several beautiful little spins too. (laughs) One was about my doctor husband going back to work several days before he was scheduled. I wasn't mentally or emotionally prepared. Another was related to one of my sons moving back home after being alone for two weeks in his apartment. I've also noticed my stress level going up around managing the food availability and food planning in general. These kinds of things are putting me over the edge. For example, when unsupervised, my thoughts are absolute worst case scenario types of thoughts. Even though I live a few blocks walk from a grocery store, I still think about running out of food and not being able to replace it. I have to say, I haven't had spins like these in a while. Now, my friend, these spins, they've been glorious. Oh, my. (laughs) Thoughts about worst case scenario and thought loops and all of this kind of stuff is causing fear. These thoughts are looping, usually followed by bursting into tears or, my favorite, yelling at someone. (laughs) Of course, the people I love the most. But even in the thick of the fear, I could see what was happening. Even when I was yelling, I could see what was happening. It wasn't my husband or son's surprise schedule that was causing the problem at all. It wasn't what my kid ate or that day that he actually ate a whole pack of lunch meat, turkey slices for a five o'clock snack. I'm like, really? That could last two lunches. (laughs) Are you even hungry? Oh my gosh. Instead. It was what I was making these things mean that was creating my fear. As usual, it was the way I was thinking. I made all of these things mean that I could no longer protect my family in our family home or that I couldn't feed my family. And that created the fear. My thoughts create the fear. So, do yours. I'll tell you though, in the moment, it didn't feel like this is what was going on. As with all emotions, it's a really good idea to feel your feelings. I felt them all right. (laughs) That was quite an outburst I had emotionally. And then those feelings propelled me though to create a very specific plan based on clear recommendations from reliable sources about cleaning, about washing clothes, about how to shop safely. So again, there's so much going on. I know you're feeling this. And women in the middle, we need to talk. You are not alone. I'm not alone. We are in this together. Coaching can help so much. And it really has been helping so many, including me. <laughs> Before I had the benefit of learning these skills and being able to manage my mind, I, I was just so much worse. Now what happens is, of course, every once in a while, I lose it just like everybody does. But I can see what's happening. I can see that I'm thinking about something that's creating that feeling. I don't feel out of control anymore. It's not a mystery. The loops aren't as long. It's just so much empowering. So I thought it would be helpful to come up with a list of ways to create more calm in your life at times like this. So I'm calling them seven calming life hacks for uncertain midlife times. And here they are. Number one, invite more nature into your life. Yes, I find this incredibly useful. I've been leaving a little crack in the door open, right? It's sliding glass door. I leave it open about six inches Just enough to hear the birds and get a little more fresh air. And when I hear the birds, I have a thought. I love the sound of birds. Or this thought, the birds are still singing. And then the other thought, there's something normal. The outdoor sounds feel so normal to me. And when I think that something's normal, I feel calmer. Number two, focus on gratitude. Now, this is a pretty tried and true strategy. It's not a surprise. I'm sure that it's on this list. But when you focus your attention on what you're grateful for, it also focuses you on the present moment and helps you feel a really positive feeling. Now, breathing while you're at this gratitude practice is a great idea. Kind of an ah sound, right? Goes with breathing and it can really help you feel grateful. Really, you don't have to go too far to think about things that you're grateful for. I am grateful that I have a backyard. I'm grateful that I have a front porch. I'm grateful that there are enough rooms that I live in, that it's safe and warm. I'm grateful that I have fresh running water and that water is not a problem right now, that I have hot water. I am super grateful for the internet and for Netflix so many things. Do you guys remember back in the day when you'd go on a car ride with your family when you were a kid? Like, I don't know, for us, we were always going on a two and a half hour car ride to one set of grandparents or a four hour car ride to the other. No internet. You remember what was going on in the car, right? (laughs) We were having raindrop competitions on the windows. We were counting, um, things that we saw on the road that had started with different letters of the alphabet. And we were fighting like crazy with siblings. And somebody was threatening to pull over and leave us by the side of the road. (laughs) You know, with internet, it is just so much easier at a time like this. I am grateful for all of that. So practice breathing and thinking about things that you're grateful for. Okay, number three, create a schedule for the new normal that includes breaks. Now, I love this idea because when things are weird at home, like right now, (laughs) creating a schedule can really frame your day. This makes it easier to be accountable to yourself for your commitment to yourself to get things done and keep moving forward. Or at least the simple things, you know, Be gentle, be kind with yourself. Don't pile it on. Um, I, I really do think it's better to just do fewer things, but allow more focus. Now you can experiment with the idea of making a schedule during a time like this until you come up with a schedule that really helps you feel calmer about all of it. So really think about your schedule and what is a nice thing for you to do for you. So one of the things I started doing was to make a cup of coffee in the morning, which I always have done, but instead of just carrying it on the go with whatever I happen to be doing in the house, I am sitting down and drinking in a very calm way that cup of coffee. So it's just a small thing, but I decided that a morning calm routine was really what I needed. And so that was a simple thing, and I really, really appreciate it. Okay, that's number three. Number four, move your body more. Now, notice I didn't say exercise more. And the reason is because not everyone is motivated by the idea of exercise. However, most will agree that moving your body more is a good idea. And it is. It feels good. It helps your body feel good, too. It's a really good thing. So for you, what does that mean? Does it mean going around the block? Does it mean doing some push-ups? Does it mean putting a little oomph and gusto into running around your house. (laughs) I like to think like if I forget something upstairs, instead of being hard on myself and going, oh, I can't believe I forgot something. I have to go upstairs again, and I'm trudging around. No, right now I think about it as exercise. I'm like, oh, I forgot something. It's okay. I'll just move my body more. It's a chance to move my body more. And I'm just arguing less with myself about doing that sort of thing. So if exercise is a motivator for you, then you can think about it as exercise. But if exercise feels like one of those things that you should be doing, then just think about it as moving your body more. And there are so many ways to move your body more. You can stretch, you can walk, you can enjoy putting laundry away, going up and down the stairs. (laughs) Whatever it is for you, move your body more. Number five, Focus on doing calm things every day. Now, I don't usually think about my activities throughout the day as calm or not calm, but let's go there for a minute because I think at a time like this, it's a good idea. There are definitely some ideas that are pretty well understood as relaxing things that you can do. And this is what I mean. Whatever relaxing means for you, do more of it on purpose. It's also a good idea to schedule these things into your calendar. Things like having a cup of tea or the example I just gave about coffee. If you like to meditate or have quiet time to read, if you want to declutter like a small section, maybe the foyer or maybe a drawer, or, or maybe get yourself a fresh bar of soap or take the time to wear perfume. Anything that helps you feel more calm, more relaxed, right? Maybe it's music for you. Maybe you got out of the habit of having music more in your life and, and you want to bring it in again. Anything it is. Maybe it's taking a nap. But think about what it is for you. Maybe it's being more regular with a journal. Maybe it's taking a bath. You see what I mean? Some of the uh, these ideas would just cause stress. I know some of my friends are having trouble reading right now because they're just too distracting. So maybe that's not the activity for you. Personally, I love to listen to talk radio. So I just plug in an earbud and I find it very relaxing, so much so that I can fall asleep to it. It's like white noise for me. So think about what relaxing means for you, what's a calm thing that you can do and do more of it on purpose. Number six, make a point to remember that your thoughts Create your feelings, not things that are situational. The circumstance or the situation component of whatever it is doesn't have an emotional charge. But when you interpret it, which is thinking about it, it does. So your thoughts are optional. And that is the good news. So if you get a text, for example, it's neutral until you have a thought about what it means. And then you have a feeling. The coronavirus, for example, is neutral until you have an opinion about it or make it mean something. Then you create your feeling. And this seems really simplistic, but it's super powerful. If the feeling you're experiencing isn't serving you, then you have the opportunity to create a feeling that does. So if you want to feel more calm, you can think a thought on purpose that creates that for you. The thought I'm choosing to think right now is, everyone is okay now. So when I'm going to bed and I catch myself in a wee little spin, I think that thought on purpose. Everything is okay now. You can play with thoughts too. And what I mean by playing with thoughts is that you try one on for size. So you think a thought like I did with everyone is okay now. I thought to think it (laughs) and then I really carefully noticed how it made me feel. And when you run through a bunch of thoughts, you'll notice that some thoughts make you feel calm and some less so. So grab the one that does, practice thinking it on purpose, and that will help you create more calmness in your life intentionally. And last but not least, number seven, become a watcher of your thoughts. Even in times like these, remember that you're not your thoughts. You're a watcher of your thoughts. Imagine yourself with a cartoon bubble above your head with your thoughts in there. That will help you see that there's a space between the thought and you. And you can watch that bubble and be curious about it. You can be compassionate with yourself for choosing to think it. You can learn to see it up there without necessarily being at the effect of it. So understanding this concept can actually change your life and help you do midlife on purpose yes siree, Bob, yes ma'am, even now, as dorky as this sounds, even at your age, and even with everything going on right now in the world. So there you have it, my friends. seven calming life hacks for uncertain midlife times. That's actually certain. One thing we know for sure is that these are uncertain times. However, I want you to really think about that. One could argue that nothing's changed here in terms of actually knowing how certain life is. It's always been uncertain overall. Interesting to really think about this. Again, it's a reminder that thoughts and beliefs are optional. Some thoughts are better for you, though, if you want to chill the F out. (laughs) So be really careful about choosing to think those if you want more calm in your life. That's it for today's episode. Okay, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck. It's time to get excited about your life again. It really is. Being the queen of your brain domain, well, that's the best way to be. <laughs> Check out the show notes with more information and links at susyrosenstein.com. And if you're ready to finally put yourself first, you can become a first lady. Join my new midlife membership, Finally First. This is an upbeat virtual community for midlife women who want to stop feeling stuck and confused and finally start making the changes they want in their next chapter. The clarity, courage, and connection you're looking for is only one click away. So sign up for the VIP waitlist now because the doors will open again soon and you'll be ready to go head over to www.iamfinallyfirst.com. Let's do this, ladies, one calm thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week.